We're going to talk a little bit about um, what we were talking about last week on the phone. Okay. And I really, really was intrigued by your thought process behind that. Let's get casting. We're here with Andy Bowers, former NFL football player. I'm more of a former NFL sideline watching team member. You were paid to play football. Yeah, I don't really. In the NFL. You know what? Yeah, it's funny is like people know it worked because I worked there only because I had to list on my application like my previous employers. Right. And so yeah. and who I, are they? And it got out. Hmm? So what teams did you play with? No, I was just a uh, um, couple years at the Cardinals, a brief little few months at, at Buffalo and then uh, um, work in construction and then and then I'm, I'm like knee deep in mud one day and the Rattlers called because they're going into the playoffs and like they needed bodies because they had injuries so I, I spent like the end of a, a season there and and just went with them in the playoffs that was it okay and then you decided I'm going to be a family man and I'm going to be a firefighter no I just got beat up and um I think that is the only thing that mattered for a long time is pursuing. I don't know. I, I got addicted to trying to get better. And it just happened to be in football. And so I just wanted to do well and perfect. Like some guys hate it. They would dread going to practice and I really looked forward I love practice I just was really wanting to um, hone that that craft if you call it a craft but and I got addicted to it and then it, by the time like hey dude I got I get I keep getting these injuries and stuff like the, the Cardinals I I destroyed my hand and um tried to battle back with that and then just nagging things and then I think at the end of the rattler stint uh, my shoulders hurt so bad I was like I called Shelly we were just talking on the phone Shelly's Shelly's my wife wife, and I and I was like dude I think I can't do this and that and as soon as it left my mouth I was like a little bit sad I was like yeah that's it's over like my arms feel like they're going to fall off, so I'm going to be done. So is it? It was kind of weird when you voice something and you say it almost as if a... Uh, like a declaration. Uh, almost like a spell, you know? Yeah. I just cast a spell as soon as it left my mouth. I was like, yeah, that's that door's done. I'm, I'm going to close it. And then... Um, I uh, went back to school, tried a little bit to get into coaching back with the University of Utah, and um, that's where you I played. realized that's where you played in your college. Yeah, years. I played. I played at University of Utah, and when I was there, I quickly realized that I don't know if this schedule is going to work out for Shelley. Like she's not going to like. Like they're gone all the time. 
and if it's not just being home, they're at the facility, and if they're not at the facility, they're probably recruiting, and and uh, and so I just got on the hunt for. Um, I was hunting for a new mission. I was like, I needed, I needed some sort of purpose to fulfill, and, and uh, so that's what I went about doing. So, why, uh, <clears throat> why'd you end up uh, setting your sights on firefighter? It had been in my mind since high school. Um, I remember I came home from basketball practice one time, and I pulled over to the side of the road because uh you know the fire truck was running by and i and it was right before i went to the turn off to our house it's one of the few times where they we go, didn't with the, they weren't coming for us oh yeah they they went cruising <laughs> by and i see these guys and they they're they're they had their turnouts on and they're going somewhere they're gonna go fight a fire or something and i was like yeah it'd be pretty fun that'd be pretty cool yeah i think i would like to do that at some point. So it was always in my head. I wanted to do that. And uh, so then after I decided, hey, that's what I'm going to do, I just began like a search. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on somewhere and start working towards that. Your new mission. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I got to get hired. And I was looking everywhere. I was looking out of state. You know, that's how I ended up here because I was living in Utah at the time. Yeah. Yeah, and it it was uh, during a time where they it was hard to get hired on, uh, especially here in Gilbert, where you know where it, you currently work. When I got hired, not necessarily they did kind of uh, the valley. It was really hard to get on in Utah. Okay, see, so yeah, I tested with Salt Lake. Um, I tested with some departments up there, and they were maybe. Oh, only doing a hiring for like three positions. They like got three openings and you had 4,500 people putting in. And I was like, uh, these numbers aren't going to play in my favor. I have to know somebody and I don't, I don't know anybody. And, um, so I started looking at everywhere. I was looking at Vegas. Um, I wanted to stay in the region. Obviously I looked down here and, and this was just at the, at the time when, you had all these like Vietnam era guys that got home from Vietnam. Um, that type were heading out the door in massive numbers. And so there was a lot of departments that had to pick up like 30, 40 guys at a time. And it was all over. And I, I tested at Phoenix and the same thing, 5,000 people line wrapped around the block, taking a written test. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I still don't think they're going to take me. I don't, these numbers are just incredible. And then I think there was like 1,600 or something at Gilbert. I, and I was getting ready to test at Chandler and Mesa. And I got picked up at Gilbert. And so since you were picked up in Gilbert, um, you've kind of climbed the ladder. Mm -hmm. So right now, what are you currently? I'm a, I'm a captain on Engine 253 south of Guadalupe and Lindsay. Yeah, so just down the street. Just down the road. Yeah, I love we it. We actually get over here quite a bit every now and then on calls. Yeah. So do you um, you enjoy being back home? Because you were born and raised I do. for the first I kind of feel like... You were born and raised here in Arizona for the first yeah. 14, 15 years. Um, and there's still a, a, a good chunk of my heart that is in Utah because, I mean, that, that is also a place of home when I go back there just because 
of the time I spent there and growing up. Because I went to high school up there and went to college up there. But there's something about Arizona that's a little different for me. Yeah. It's almost like, uh, I don't know. Um, it's almost, uh, how do you, biological. You know what I mean? Yeah, you just feel it's it. It's kind of a draw. I don't yeah. know. And then it gets summer and I'm like, screw this place. Let's get out of here. <laughs> well, there's, that's, I don't think you're alone. In that thought process. Yeah. So we're talking, and full disclosure for everybody out there, in case they don't see the family resemblance, Andy's my first cousin. <clears throat> and uh, just because he's coming in at 6'6", six, six, and I'm not. Um, yeah, <laughs> we're first real cousins. We can't even deny it. I mean, his mom and my dad are brother-sister. So yeah. uh, his dad is a little taller than mine. And his mom is a lot taller than mine. Yeah. So, yeah, he got me out of a lot of trouble early on in life. I don't know about that. I'll appreciate you that. You handle it. Well, when you took off and went to Utah, it left me know. stranded, and I had to kind of control my mouth. That was bad news Yeah, that's hard. That's hard. Uh, it was a hard time yeah. to take off because I was 14. You're kind of right in the mix of things. I, you know, I felt things were coming together, but I, I was, uh, I had two left feet. I was very tall and skinny. Yeah. I didn't have a lot of weight on my bones and, and uncoordinated. You know, your dad got me on the baseball team because he's my uncle, right. not because I was any athletic ability. It was just, you hit that well, one. We got to get this kid on the team and let's just, Put him way out in the outfield and hope he doesn't do anything bad. You hit that one a long way, though. Yeah. That one. That one. Who cares? Go yeah. off on a high note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, it was kind of an awkward time to take off. Yeah. It was hard. It was. I, I don't let on. I don't even really talk about it. Uh, I think it was probably harder for my older brother, Ben. Because he was in the, he was in high school, right? He's firing on all cylinders, and he had to pick up and take off. I was like, what, ninth grade? Yeah, yeah, we we're cruising into it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, well, some of my, I mean, some of my best memories were hanging out with you guys for a few weeks, um, every year, and that was yeah. Because you know, I mean, we grew up sealed at the hip. I yeah. don't remember a life without you. I know we were just living down the road, and we were in the same neighborhood, and kind of ran with the same crowd of kids and we were there i just remember my mom would lock us out and i think your mom did too she didn't like us in the house no and there wasn't my, a lot of moms that liked a lot us in of, the house. There's a, yeah the Huffakers let us in it's because their mom's the nice. hatches let us in um but like i was drinking out of the hose um went rightfully so yeah yeah Running yeah. bikes, playing basketball. Yeah. Some way, somehow we made it. We, we yeah. lived. Somehow. Yeah. So we're talking last week, so we can go months without saying a word to each other, and then boom, it's yeah. like nothing. It's been two minutes since we last talked. Yeah. Um, last week, though, you dropped something on me that kind of stuck, and, I, and, I, and it kind of dovetails into what you were talking about, that struggle at 14. Uh, moving and how that had to have been a challenge um, on you, your brother, your family, and in, in, in its entirety, likely. 
um, but especially that 10 to 14 age or those eight, that age group. Um, you text stories of excellence or heroics to your, you know, you have quite a few kids. You want to tell everybody? Uh, yeah. Shelly and I have seven kids. Yeah. And, um, we planned every one of them except our last who we adopted. Um, Shelly told me before we got married and we were dating and stuff and kind of when we were talking about, you know, her expectations and stuff like that, she's like, I want to have a big family, at least six. And I'm like, okay. Like, and then I'm like, I'm, I'm doing the math in my head and the, you know, the algebraic formulas are floating around. I'm like, and you know, like, you're smoking hot and that'll work and I'll, I'll do whatever I got to do. And, um, we had six, like every other, like every two years, boom, boom, boom. And then I thought, Hey dude, I've changed. I don't know how many tens of thousands of diapers. And we got Thane, our sixth one out of diapers. I was like, this is special. Right. We, we kind of celebrated. I think we did some, I was like, he's potty trained. Right. I'm never changing another diaper in my life. And, um, and then through a set of circumstances, um, we started babysitting uh, a teenage mom's little little girl, and um, I guess she'd been having some having some problems, some issues, and and babysitting turned into, uh, can you watch her a weekend? And we we did that uh, a couple times, and. And Shelly really, like, you know, um, felt, hey, there's something, like, I need to help this kid in some way. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's happening, but there's something special about this little girl. And um, and then one night we get a knock on the door. I shouldn't say we because I think I was on shift. Shelly calls me up and wakes me up. I was at the fire station down the road from our house. And she goes, the the police are here. Um, and they they got they got Emma, which that's her name. And um, her parents are in trouble, and they need us to watch them. We're the only ones that pass a background check, but some loose interpretation we're somehow next of kin, even though we're not kin, we're not related. And then that turned into. A process through CPS and um, and we became her foster parents and then um, when you know time goes on and then uh, that whole process is going on and they're visiting and they're doing the checkups and they're doing right. the the visits with the parents and then all of a sudden the parents disappear and no one can find them and then they did uh the state brought us in for proceedings to sever their rights, sever the parents' rights, and then we adopted her. Which is a big deal, and it took kind of a long time, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because there, uh, you know, and yes, constitutional protection should be there to protect people from just having their kids arbitrarily taken from them. Right. And I get that. Um, but there's kind of a, 
yeah, the system's totally imperfect and it's flawed. I, I understand the why behind it, but at the same time, I'm like, geez, like, right. Like, are these parents really going to get it together? You know, because right. <clears throat> in the meantime, you're seeing the child going through the ups and downs yeah, yeah. of all of this, trying to get it together yeah. stuff. Yeah. And so it's like, uh, but it actually made it somewhat easier when they disappeared. Got it. Yeah. Right. It, no one could find them. And I was like, well, it makes it easier. Right. So. Okay. And we, we, we were totally going to take her. So. So. That's how we got number seven. Number seven <clears throat> is. Well, how, how did we get on that? The numbers? Well, um, so you text. So we're talking last yes, week. So okay, you text yeah. like stories of. Uh, uh, so the, the reasoning behind. I just want to. Just give me the story of why you're texting, who you're um, texting, and what you're texting. Okay. The story behind my texts um, really kind of stemmed from me feeling guilty because with a big family, I feel the need to provide and to be able to provide um, for their needs. I need to work overtime. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Um, that means I'm gone a lot. And even now, okay, so it's my day off. I'm probably going to go head right to my kid's school just so I can be near them. Otherwise, I'd have to wait up. They won't see me, so by the time I make it home, they're already going to school. And if I was to just sit at home, the first time I'll see them in the last 36 hours is going to be when they get home, right. after school. So right. I just say, screw it, I'm just going to go to school. So what do you do when you go there? I just help out with this and that. Sometimes I'll substitute teach or do something like that. That's awesome. Um, and I see Annie's kids there. Oh, that's the cool. Same place. All right. Annie's my sister. Um, but it, it, it comes from me feeling guilty about not being around how I'd like to be around with working. So I wanted to give my kids a short message. Well, like a positive story. Usually has to do with some sort of element of sacrifice. And I'll usually couple that with um, a scripture that has somewhat to do with the, the topic. And then after that, I just tag on a little exercise routine that they can do. You know, because I can't... I, I, if my kids are home, I'll usually put them through some sort of exercise routine. Um, but if I'm not there, then, you know, it kind of, it's up to them, right? you know, it's pushed to the side. Well, it's, it's hard to like, I don't, I don't know if they, they put much thought into what they ought to be doing or why they ought to be doing it or, you know, because their kids are super distracted and they're just like, um, so I started putting that in a text. I would send that to my two young, younger boys. And I was like, you know what? I think Isla needs that too. So I tagged on Isla, my my uh, my fourteen year old. I'm like, well, shoot, you know what? Lena could at least, you know, I know she's working out at school with volleyball and stuff. My sixteen year old, so I added her. And then I'm like, well, I'll just send it to all the kids, and then I'll send it to kids, and I better send it to Shelly, so she knows what what's expected. Right. And then, uh, um. 
Shelly's like, why don't we send it to the nephews too? You know, like, so Jack gets it, Donovan gets it. Um, and I just started sending it out to uh, some uncles and cousins and stuff, and then a yeah. uh, couple ward members, and then um, so some of your neighbors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then my buddy at work, he's got a couple boys. I sent it to him. Cool. He's like, he's like, I'd like to, ha- I'd like to get it. So I sent it to him. <clears throat> so it's kind of grown into a, I don't know. So it's kind of grown. Yeah, a little bit. A little seed <clears throat> that started to sprout a little. So, yeah. so nobody gets stories quite like you do, or a Bowers in general. Oh, I mean, yeah. The Bowers flavor of life is stories and typically of of bravery excellence valor uh, oftentimes are military related or yeah, sometimes athletic bit. related or uh, or whatever but i mean i've had uh the the pleasure of being you know hearing many uh stories told by uh your side of the family your dad yeah uh, your brother ben you mm-hmm. um which, you know, we're all the same age, but you guys still tell these stories that are just captivating. So just give me an idea of, like, maybe the last one you sent, like the workout, the scripture maybe that you sent, and then uh, best you can remember. I'm not putting you on well, the spot. Just, you just pick one out of, the hat, out of a hat. Okay, um, I spent a little bit of time giving context to what the story was going to be. It was about the... Special Air Service, the S, the British SAS. It's okay. like uh, we we got Delta Force as a mirror image of them. So they had like a lot of their training cadre and um, officers come over at the request of the U.S. government and create Delta Force to do the same exact thing. So these very elite, high level. Um, type of operations and where they came from was like 1941 and um, there was this need to do something unconventional something special and something that that um, is super super dangerous and they created they created the SAS and out of that so there's your context right um, the story, fairly recent, but it's probably within the last couple years. Um, an SAS operator was training in Nairobi, Kenya. And during that training, a nearby hotel gets attacked by terrorists. I don't know if it was Al-Shabaab or one of those. But anyway, a local regional terrorist group starts shooting innocent people and... and uh, attacking this nice hotel and this is a few years ago yeah it's fairly recent so this guy isn't like hey i'm just a guy you know this isn't my problem you know i can just like sit back you know i'm only supposed to be in town to train these guys and and help the the kenyans um with their training this isn't under my this isn't in my lane. Well, this guy's like, I'm going to step outside my lane. I'm going to do what's right and help people. And he puts his gear on. He puts his kit up. He puts his kit on and, and, and lock and loads. 
and gets in there, teams up with some cops, and they start clearing that place out. They start killing terrorists and rescuing people and all kinds of stuff. Way cool. Yeah. It's like the old, uh, you know, one against many. You know, odds are against you, but let's do this anyway because it's the right thing. Right. So this man put his life on the line because he couldn't sit there and watch innocent people get get yeah. killed. Yeah. And so Doing the right outside thing. of his lane, but did it for good, be good for goodness sake. Yep. And so you sent that out. And along with a scripture out of the Bible. Yeah. And uh, so then there you've got um, a message of, you know, I always like to kind of, uh, this message seems to me like it's kind of like Lombardi-esque to a degree. Um, you know, kind of what, what's, a, what's a, his famous saying is uh, shoot, you know, we're going we're gonna to shoot for, for, for perfection and settle for excellence. And so... I like it. It's good. And a shoot for perfection and settle that. for excellence. I and, like and, and, and that. that kind of encapsulates what you're trying to do. And when you were 14 years old, struggling a little bit, because your family up and, you know, took roots and then replanted in an unknown place to you as a 14-year-old, and you were very well-liked and getting along just great around here, um... And then now you're in a new spot. Um, I, it couldn't have been very long till I visited you, and you caught on there pretty well. Got it. Yeah. Still, um, still, you know, challenging for a new culture and new all that jazz, new weather pattern for sure. Yep. And a little bit cold, and I know you didn't like the cold at oh, first. No. Anyway, they um, that story of the, the SAS. And then he's there to train. I mean, he's there to teach people how. I mean, it had been so long since likely he'd been in, mm -hmm. you know, any type of conflict. Um, he put himself out there. He, you know, he could have totally gotten killed. What Just I like, like about this guys. story, though, what I really like about it is the way he, his sacrifice, A, and B, I like that he pulled other people within the region there, or, you know, the local police, the other you know random civilians and they were all like together yeah. like doing this clearing this really crappy situation out and a violent uh, crappy situation and he didn't have to do that but he did and mm -hmm. so the so that 14 year old of you during that hard time these stories see i often say look if you're coming in at 30 years old, 33 years old, 35 years old, you're likely not going to change a lot of stripes. Okay. There's minimal changing. There's tweaks along the way. So the 14 year olds are far more 13, 12, 16, 17. They're starved for this. Oh um, yeah. This direction, this, these stories of brilliance, these stories of, of, yeah. of hero, heroics. I dislike, I dislike seeing captions you see on the news or social media of spectators. And what I mean by that is 
someone who is like a woman or someone that's older or someone that, you know, we should have respect for just innately being mistreated. And, uh, I remember this guy, he wasn't doing a thing. Um, this, there's all kinds of clips like that. And then someone comes up and sucker punches them, takes something from them. Um, and you get the spectators holding up their phones or filming. I can't believe I'm watching this. Put the phone down and help out. Put it down and do something. Do the right thing. And, and I was like, so I, that's one of the messages is don't be a spectator. Um, this is your lane, right? Don't think, well, that's not my responsibility. That's not my lane. No, actually it is. Doing right is your responsibility. You're obligated to. I like that. You're obligated to. I like that. Well, well if you've made promises... Right. Yeah. You're baptized or, or, you know, you have like certain covenants to a higher power. I promise I'm this, I'm a Christian and I've said and done things under God and everybody else saying, this is what I am. Then you're obligated. I agree. It's your lane. I agree. Mankind is your kind. Yeah. And And lifting it. And building it and betterment of it is what you're about. So now let's go into. Now we didn't. This is not. uh, You're not going to expect this one coming out of the left, but um, you're a first responder. Yeah. So you live with people. I mean, you live with being able to view, or you view somebody or many people just spectating a really crappy situation. On a, on a regular basis, um, but you also get to see people helping people yeah, too. You I, get I, a, like a both. We're in a, we're in an area where I think a lot of the spectating would happen in big, like uh, dense urban places. Yeah. There's a little bit of uh, callousness that goes along with that. I think you're in East Valley, Arizona. Yeah. Mesa, Gilbert. People are willing Chandler. to get their hands dirty a little bit. Man, there's a lot of people that step in, and try to help and do the right thing. What I would say differs in that respect is when you have people um, how do I say this without illuminating identities or anything like that um, if I'm trying to explain like we need to like we're at a, we're at a house and this person I'll say person yeah this person gets a blood test back results over the mail and says, Hey, call your, your doctor. You know, something is off on this blood test and they need to go to the hospital. So there's, you know, and they called 911. Okay. Well, I, I come there and they're completely talkative, ambulatory, active, you know, alert oriented, could have driven themselves. They look, they look perfectly fine. Could have driven themselves they, to the hospital. Uh, or vi- to the Vitals doctor. are super stable. Everything's great. And there's four adults there. And there's four cars in the driveway. And I had to interrupt the, the grown son 
who's in his 20s and he's playing video games at a at a nice volume I said hey man can you uh turn that off and this guy's like I want you to take me to the hospital so I explained to him okay well everything's stable I don't see a need you know you got this little blood count off of an electrolyte that they can remedy fairly simply I don't see the need to emergently whisk you away in an ambulance and we have limited resources limited ambulances in Gilbert we would love to help you but I think it might be an appropriate use of resources to possibly have you or a family member drive down there. He's like, and, I, and basically I was like trying to do this. Right. As nicely nice as, as I could. possibly right. can. And I, and I said, now, if a neighbor or maybe somebody right ac- across the road or somebody in this area has a drowning or a heart attack or a car wreck when someone's hurt then we can have that ambulance for them he's like no give me the ambulance hmm. so there's that kind of that happens like, from time to uh, time it baffles me it baffles me I'll, I'll just say I'm baffled I would be baffled you know what I mean yep <laughs> yeah, uh, common sense is oftentimes not yeah. so common um, no. no, I would like there's, to ride so there's in a things sled, like that. please. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I have seen, I've seen people doing the right thing all over the place. That's cool. I, I want to get into that um, uh, in other podcasts. I really do. I want to get into some of the stories. I want you to kind of lock in on some of the dudes that you work with and gals that you're working with day in, day out? Because you work a ton. So you have a lot of exposure. Because you've got this massive family to feed. And this one of my favorite parts of your life story, and I had to remind you of this, and you're like, man, I don't remember, but it sounds exactly like what something I would say, is how cool you and Shelly really are. And the fact that you have the seven kids, the way it all kind of, she married an NFL football player at the time. I, I think at the time you were going into the NFL yeah, yeah. when you got married. So early on when you, when, when you were a single fella going to the U yeah. and your mom was like, come on, Andy, you got to find somebody. And I'm eating Sunday dinner with you guys up in Utah. And uh, come on, Andy. Uh, why? And you're like, mom, I'm just trying to find somebody as cool as I am. <laughs> and I thought that was the coolest. Oh, that was cool. I mean, I have never forgotten that. And you did. And you may have overshot, but good job. No, because, no. I I mean, out- this, this, this Shelly's something else. I outkicked my coverage. Yeah, there's a, that makes sense. I think that Shelly brings that. Nobody could not outkick yeah. that coverage. You no, know what I, I mean? It's one I'm, of I'm out of my element. She's on another level. Yeah, so. she's awesome. She knows that. I tell her that. She knows. Yeah, she, she knows. You don't even have to tell yeah. her. She just already knows she's operating at that level. Yeah, so I heard a story. Not, a, not so much a story, but I've heard of an individual. I wish I could recall his name right now. And this guy, 
Um, he was a Navy SEAL. You know, was deployed. Um, I mean, working at a high level. Navy SEAL, right? He comes back. Uses his GI Bill and all that. Goes to Harvard. Graduates from Harvard Medical School. He's a doctor, right? Doctor. Mm-hmm. I mean, already. That's a lot he's of checking. He's A lot checking, of boxes. He's checking boxes. Yeah. Now, NASA says, hey, you know what we need is a physically fit doctor to be an astronaut. Now he's an astronaut. Right. So, so A lot of boxes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That caliber of person is the level that Shelly should have gotten. That's how great she is. She stuck with me. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but I'm so gonna, the, I'm gonna, when I say she's out of my element, like yeah. that's how far yeah. out of But here's my the cool part though. But isn't she creating let's just call that guy you just described. Oh, like, I would let's love just that. call him Dr. Stud. And I, I, isn't she oh, raising his names out there? He's isn't totally, she he's raising that and lifting this community because oh, yeah, of yeah. I, what, how she's, she's wired she's, and what she is? Tell you what, she's trying. And you're no slack job. Yeah, she's trying. I mean, you don't give yourself enough credit, but your eyes wide open, and not many people are. And you get to see people like that individual that's just, what are, you, you're, you're that narcissistic that you can't just say, hey, I've got this uh, blood work that I need to go by. I mean, I understand being panicked a little bit. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I better go get this checked out. Okay. Um, and I even understand maybe I'll go hit up the ER. Sure, I get that, too, but I'm feeling pretty good. Um, yeah. Hey, Wayne. Not dying right now. Right. Hey, yeah. Wayne or, uh, you know, son yeah. playing video games or whatever. Hey, can you take me real quick? But then you also get to see small acts of valor yeah. time and time again, which first responders um, are unique individuals. They, they get you, you guys get to see a lot of yeah. not so cool stuff. I would say. It is a it is a job that's um, made of punctuations. Yeah, uh, you got a lot of it is just mundane. Yeah, let's pick up an old person that fell. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Service call. Someone's leaky hydrant. Um, a lot of it is lifting up people that have fallen down. Yeah. Um, picking up somebody for the most mundane thing. I got diarrhea. And my my tummy hurts. Right. You know, in my world, it's like, oh, it's Pepto. And, right. You know, Rub some dirt on it. A little bit it. of cleanup and some right. Pepto. Got it. Throw on some Netflix and see what happens. <laughs> um, so there's that. And then it's punctuated with the sad, you know. Um, and it's punctuated with the tragic. And it's punctuated with... You know, some fire, like someone's house is on fire. And, um, but a lot of it's just mundane. Yeah. It's, it's just four guys getting on a, a, a truck and going to help people. Right. And I don't mind doing it. I love it. I yeah. think it's great. And, um, um, but I would say you do get a little glimpse behind the curtain of, um, what it means to be human, I think. 
right? Um, like, like, okay, for instance, and I, and I hope I don't. Save I don't this. think I'm breaking any rules, okay? okay? Let's save this for just a second. I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to take a quick break. Yeah. Got to pee? Yeah. Anybody else? No, not yet. I'm waiting for my DP to work, no. Wagon. So are we back on? Yeah. Right, so we're back on. All right. So you live. Well, I mean, everybody out there could see me starting to squirm at some point, and I really was trying to listen to your story. But well, you uh, gotta, you know, what you ought to do is you really ought to get a bedpan, get a bigger table, and just. But then they'd see a right different here. sensation altogether. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. Go Keep on, talking. man. Yeah. Um, Ooh. Hold up. <laughs> <clears throat> all right all right so you're saying what was i saying we were talking about humanity yeah right a, a glimpse of humanity i remember so i remember um we responded to a code and a, what a what a code means is somebody has stopped breathing and they don't have a pulse yeah. yeah, that's the call. That's but dispatch uh, when it, it comes across on a little digital runner board, code, address, you know, what channel you're on. And you're running out to the truck. You know, okay, well, you're this hauling. usually means we gotta like, you know, hustle. We're gonna be doing some resuscitation. We're gonna start calling off like, um, usually, who's got what. On the drive there, you're, yeah. you got the monitor, you got chest compressions, you got airway, and it's it, it's kind of ramped up. And we are lights and sirens going there. We hit the parking brake. We get our gear. We we run in there, it, and and the I remember the the computer said to go to the garage, so the garage was around back. There was like an alley. We went to the garage, 
And um, one of the guys said, oh, we've been here before. He's a cancer patient. And there's this gentleman, and the wife was there, and uh, there was a, a, a do not resuscitate order. He was on hospice. He's in the later stages of cancer. But this wife had created a, a, a whole new environment in the garage. He was on this great big hospital bed that wouldn't obviously fit through the front door or any other door of the house. Um, the garage had a mini split AC system. It looked like an island of paradise. She had created like a cabana, palm fronds. Out of their, out of their garage. She had kind of like these banners, but it was like, um, like he was at the beach. Okay. He had like a tiki bar and she had created this environment for him to spend his last days. Right. And obviously with the, with do not resuscitate order. And we just confirmed with, uh, some ECG leads that, you know, you know, the heart's not ticking. He's definitely, he's not breathing, has no pulse. And at that point, you know, and with her wishes, we don't do anything. Um, and she's obviously upset. And um, not, uh, not upset at us, but just, you know, sad that sad. Her, her, her husband had died. Um, and we're walking down the driveway and uh, like these great big you know, tattooed firemen who had been there several times because this whole process takes months. Yeah. And she's obviously called them before. And they put their arms on her. And uh, it was really cool because I was looking at, she, she had had to obviously order another roll-off dumpster, another, another, uh, your trash can. She had three full trash cans of his used bed dressings full Mm. to the brim. And she's working her butt off. Right. Right. So you get to see stuff like that. I kind of love that depth of passion. Yeah. Holy cow. And I, and, 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 uh, I had to look at her. I was like, you know what? Um, I was like, wow, look at all you did. I pointed, I pointed to the garage. I was like, look at what you made. Like, this is incredible. And then I looked at the, these cans. I was like, look at what you did. And, uh, and she's just, you know, she's just crying and whatnot. And I was like, you know, holy cow. Like, you know what? You're a hero. That's amazing. It's incredible. Um, so what I mean by that is it's going on everywhere. There's stuff like that going on in your neighborhood. There's, uh. I think uh, 
there's probably just unknown heroes everywhere doing yeah. that. I agree. And I think that too often we forget that that is happening underneath it all. And most of us are um, in that same uh, mindset to, to, to be reminded that, that there's still a, a lot of good going on and to keep it up. And to, that's why I liked what you're doing for your kids is so that they can be influenced by greatness, influenced by service, influenced by giving, influenced by sacrifice, what you said, influenced by sacrifice and the importance of it. Because at 14, you can be swayed and you can be vaping in the boys' room oh, or, yeah, true. or you, you can be cranking on a, 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 a cool project. Yeah. And, and, and cranking on your gifts and talents and cranking on your, um, the way you're going to live your life and setting that up even at 14 years old. All of us had those angels that came over and tapped us on the shoulder and kind of influenced us in a certain direction. Yeah. And your first direction was in f football. And then you took some time off to serve yeah. um, God. And then you got back to football, and then you continued that on until that ran its course. And, oh, yeah. and then something else tapped you on the shoulder way back when, when you were in high school. And that, that fire truck drove by. And, yeah. and, and so these little angelic, I call them, are just moments in life that just kind of change who you ultimately become, and even when you're not expecting it. So to me, it's awesome this idea that you got going on texting these types of stories of sacrifice of love of of excellence yeah these stories of excellence and to help shape people that are looking to be helped with that and so i to me um you know you watch the news any given day and we're supposed to be racist and we're supposed to be um uh, judgmental about this and, and, and taking a posture on that and, and, and whatever. But when you turn off the TV and you go out of your house, this is the trick, I think. You go out of your house and the person at the, at the quick trip or at 7-Eleven is cool. Oh, yeah. oh hey, uh, hey, your left tire's low right there. I've got a I've got a compressor. You want to because those compressors over there at the gas station sometimes are yeah uh, sucky, uh, or you know you've got all of these types of things that happen countless times, and if we're just looking, yeah, we'll see that that good is still there. But when you told me what you did with the text, the story, the sacrifice, the scripture, the then the exercise, because I don't want to gloss over that. Then there's then there's the exercise component of it. Just do, you know, 15 burpees or whatever there's, it is. If I know you, it's probably a little more than 15 No, there's burpees. a, okay, there's a reason for it, okay? Yeah. I actually think that everybody should do something difficult every day. Um, like, actually, like, you need to put stress on your body every day. Um, because our spirit doesn't do well without it. 
Like take for instance, okay, if you were to go down around Tucson, there's a Tucson area. There's there are some there's an archaeological find, I guess you could say, of a mammoth family that all got hunted down over a span of a couple miles. I think there was something like some something around six, and you can see the footprints. They're still there. Okay, they're fossilized. Right. Um. And some some of the remains that were found of this mammoth family. Each kid, each of the calves, had an arrow in them. Boom. A very precisely put arrow, right? And then obviously the parents had way more than that. And had arrow points and in different places. So, how many thousand years ago is that? Like Ten thousand years ago, or whatever. How many thousands of years that is? Long time. So rewind the clock. You had to wake up. And you had to figure out a way to eat from dawn until dusk. You had to be under stress and you had to be active. You had to get after it. Hunter gatherer. And basically we are formed and created to do that. Now with the aid of technology and modern convenience and all kinds of stuff you don't necessarily have to but genetically and physically we're still the same our body still needs it right we still need the stress because that for our spirit spirit fire it helps and and i always like in the text stream, I usually will add that to it. Movement is life. You just keep moving, keep going. Yeah. Um, your body releases chemicals and endorphins and stuff when you exercise that help anxiety. They help your sleep. Those little stress um, chemicals are helpful to the spirit. They're helpful to your mind. You need to push yourself. You need to actually like, hey, can you make yourself a little miserable and see how that feels? Just test it out. Yeah, my my wife says to one of my daughters, uh, after she gets done with a pretty grueling workout, uh, four days a week, and she like, and and she, every once in a while I hear Paige say, um, how do you feel? And she's like, I feel great. Like right after, yeah, you know, exactly. TI, right after Terrence, I feel great. Yeah. And, and she's just, that's kind of like telling somebody, how do you feel right now after you just helped yourself? Yeah. You know, keep that in mind. You just did that. So yeah. you can remember that, how it makes you feel. And it seems like that's what your texts are doing oh, to these, uh, to these you know youths what? to me. It's yet to be seen. I'm going to, I have to get get better at it. I'm not really 
there's something more to it and I'm not there yet and I think I gotta expand it a little bit and I need to be better at content um, obviously I gotta improve at it but um, I think seriously okay if I, if I hit Powerball or got any any sort of type of seed capital to create something remember when you're in scouts yeah like scouts is actually kind of hard yeah we had a blast i had the time of my life in scouts we're all in the same scout troop yep but our hikes sucked yep but they're fun they were we had fun and there's some sort of jumping in the water at some point <laughs> um but they sucked yep like you like i don't know if kids really like that these days i don't think they want to do it really if i, I had something <clears throat> Um, I saw this book that my, my dad got my little boys called the uh, book the book for dangerous boys I think it is it's just really cool it's kind of like throwback to the 40s it looks like it's from the 40s but it's not it's a, right. it's a new it's a new print and I was like man wouldn't it be cool to have a place in the vacuum that the woke boy scouts has left behind in that vacuum. Yeah. Something to replace it that has like an obstacle course in there, like some big building obstacle course, weightlifting, martial arts, and an applied skill. Yeah. It's like one stop. We're going to form some kids that they're dangerous. In a good way, dangerous in a good way. Well, that's what they say is that um, the most dangerous people are weak. Oh yeah. In, in, in the world, it's 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 the strong, it's the dangerous people that are meek. They know like when to, they know when to keep it sheathed. Yeah. So it's like a um, Jordan Peterson esque. Right. Type that, of thing, that, yeah. In fact, that's maybe where I got that is the ultimate display of strength is is meekness. It's nothing weak about meekness. It's knowing when to sheathe your sword and when to keep it sheathed and when to use it. Yeah. And so, to me, um, mankind—not just not just boys, but girls too—mankind constantly on the move to be excellent. Um, I do like that perfection. Shoot for, for perfection, settle for excellence. But that momentum, that. Um, that path, that journey of that, um, whatever it looks like. I mean, it could be somebody uh, that's set on being a welder or somebody that's set on being a school teacher or somebody that's set on being a nurse or somebody that's set on being um, a media icon, uh, somebody that's set on being uh, whatever they're set on being, whatever their course might yeah. be, they might as well be excellent I doing that. Um, you hear about these Elon Musks, but what you don't see is, well, all we get to do is see all the money that he must have, I guess, right? And all the businesses that he owns. And so we get to see these posts and his picture and him talking from time to time on whatever. And that's about all we get or, or as far as what we see. But, what we, but if you drill down, the nuance is him living in absolute not luxury at all 
I, I, th- I think I'd read that he had sold all of his houses. Right. Like, and yeah, he, what's the need for him? I, I'm never there. Right. He sold everything so he happened? had. Right. And so he lived at his at the shop, which yeah. was not some glorified, awesome shop. Uh-uh. He and his brother had to take turns uh, sleeping um, while one worked and the other one blah, blah, blah. So anyway, the, the, the beginnings, the origins always, always, always begin and end with sacrifice, work, sacrifice, work, and physical Mm-hmm. physical i mean it's 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 amazing you mentioned a few things and inadvertently i'm over here thinking yeah what's the one thing that most people are taking medication for anxiety totally. depression um ad whatever you want to call it nowadays h they're going to add another syllable uh, at some point they're going to adhd whatever you want to call it but that stress factor that work factor that that yeah. break it loose factor definitely will you know have let's encourage folks out there to try it yeah you know just just try it what do you got to lose and just break loose each day test yourself i like that a lot i don't uh i'm not i'm not i don't want to like downplay i i understand that depression's real mm-hmm. there's certain there's certain types of anxiety that are absolutely real i yep. get it i get it i don't want to like if you're having that problem Saying, "Oh, just do some push-ups, man. It'll go away." Right. It's. I get it. What I'm saying is, I think a lot of these problems are over-prescribed. It's like you having a propensity to this issue, and first thing the the world and and society wants to do is let's throw some pills at it. Um. There are certain ailments that need it. But I'm saying we could smooth a lot of it out, if not cure those teenage ones, the teenage angst and anxiety with movement. I think we're gonna end it on that. I like that. My, I got a daughter, and she'll get anxiety weepy in the evening. And I think one time, uh, I was like, "Look, beauty." I'm not trying to punish you. I'm not mad at you. I don't want to be mean. But you need to do 100 burpees right now. And she did, and he felt better. (laughs) (laughs) She did. She felt better. I mean, someone out there is like, what a jerk. (laughs) He's making it. It's like bedtime. Right. And she had all these, like, worries. and And she's listing the worries off, and I'm like, is is that a mountain or a molehill trying to be a mountain? Right. You know? Right. Is it really the iceberg that's sinking the Titanic? Right. Or is it an ice cube? Like let's let's get your body moving. You know. And she felt better. She, honest to goodness, burpees. she's like, I'm like, look what you accomplished. Like, what other girls do you know? that can rock out a hundred burpees. Right. It's, it's not many, but. Right. That's awesome. I just think the world needs a little bit more horse sense and a little bit more uh, moxie. And uh, I, I like that approach. I, I, I'm glad it worked in that. Yeah. Yeah. In I, that circumstance and the way you handled it though. I mean, you got to keep that in mind too. This, not in trouble. You're not in trouble. I'm not angry with you. It's not punishment. I'm not punishing you, but let's bust that up. 
let's bust out a hundred burpees and see where we go from there. Yeah. I like that. I'm ready probably, for bed. If I did a hundred burpees before bedtime, I'd be ready for bed. Like, I, yeah, right, me let's too. Go, let's go sleep. Me too. Well, we're going to end it on that one, but Thank you, uh, thanks for coming in, man. Thanks for having me. Love you, buddy. Love you, biggin'. Thank you.